It's a privilege to be here in front of y'all today. Um, I have not preached since I was about 15 years old, so this is very new for me, and I'm very, very nervous, but I hope uh, this afternoon I have something that will help you in your Christian walk. Um, I was asking my dad, I was like, what should I preach on, or how do I narrow it down? He told me, speak, speak from the heart. So that's what I want to do today. I want to talk about change or making the sinful change or changing from a sinful lifestyle to a more godly lifestyle. Uh, before I start, I'm going to give a little piece of my testimony this morning, some of the stuff I've been through. It's nothing that I'm proud of or bragging about, or the reason why I'm up here today is because of anything that I, that I did. But the power of Christ, he really worked through me, and that's the reason I get to stand here in front of y'all today. Most of you probably know, some of you may not, but I just graduated from Faith City Mission. It's a one-year-long alcohol and drug rehab. Um, my main problem in my life was alcohol. It didn't start off as a very big problem. It was kind of just something that we did on the weekends. It was just a lot of fun. Went to college, joined a fraternity. Nothing wrong with fraternities, but that's kind of what we did. We just drank and we just partied, had a good old time. Most of my buddies, they let it go. I didn't. It stuck around with me for quite a long time. Um, you'll watch kind of beer commercials it shows everyone having a good time all the good looking people and stuff it kind of started out that way they don't show at the end of it the guy getting sick I remember getting sick for about four months every morning I would just be sick as a dog and just trying to make it to work and just try to push through or the guy driving around the liquor store at 9 50 a.m. just waiting for the open sign because he's shaking so bad just trying to get the shakes to go away you know it took me a lot of getting humbled I guess I would say for me to finally realize that I needed to make a serious change in my life. <clears throat> I would do some things like Bible studies. I would start doing some Bible studies. I'd go to church, but I was not putting all my life into Jesus Christ like I should have been. And that's what brought me here to Amarillo to Face City Mission. To actually change is something that didn't happen overnight. That's what I always wanted. I wanted that quick change. But the, where I got to where I was, it did not happen overnight. So it took a lot of hard work. When I joined Faith City, you talk about kind of tough. I gave up every freedom I ever had. I couldn't go to work for eight months. I did not want to do that. I had to give up uh, good jobs, um, my credit. I had to give that up so I could go be there. I was told when to go to bed. I mean, it was pretty tough for me. It, it really lowered my pride, but that's something I needed, and that's what I really needed to do to change was humble myself and get in God's Word as much as I could. So if you look at any Alcoholics Anonymous or NA meetings or anything like that, the first thing you got to do is admit that you have a problem. And that's what, uh, we're going to go old school. If you have a Bible or your phone handy, we're going to uh, start out at Luke chapter 15, and we're going to uh, start at verse 16. We're going to read a little bit about the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, verse 16. In verse 16 it says, And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto, unto him. You know, this verse is interesting to me because he was wishing he could eat what the pigs were eating. You know, the problem with most of us, or the problem with me, was I had to hurt so bad for me to really change. I had to hit, hit that rock bottom where everything just seemed so hopeless that the only way that I knew I couldn't go down anymore, I could go up. And I want to tell you all today, if there's a problem in your life or there's something that maybe you're starting to go down a certain path, you don't have to hit rock, bo rock bottom. You can start to change it today. You don't have to mess with all the consequences and things like that. You'll hear, hear uh, divorce couples talk about uh, after they 
get divorced, they go, well, I should have worked on it, but they wait till everything blew up so bad instead of working on it right there and then. So that's, that's something that I really want everyone to know. You don't have to just deal with the consequences and just the rock bottom. You can start to make a change in your life right now. In verse 17, it says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And I, I will arise and go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no worthy, and no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of those hired servants. You know, in verse 17, he finally came to his senses. He realized that, all right, I got a problem. I can go and be a servant at my dad's house. I can go back to my father and just be a servant. That things are bad. And he finally came to his senses and says, I need help. I remember doing that. It took me a while to come to my senses. I had a good job, good money, graduated college. I had all these things ahead of me. I was like, I'm not one of these. I mean, you hear from about drinkers or alcoholics that uh, you think they came from a bad family, abusive family and all this. Didn't happen to me. I came from a great family. Always supported. I mean, most of y'all know my parents, so it was kind of shocking. I was like, that, that can't be me. But I, I had to lose that pride, and I had to say I had a problem before I'd get better. You know, for three years, I tried to get well on my own. I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want to tell anyone. I was going to do it myself, and I wanted everyone to stay out of my business. And you see where that got me, got me to Amarillo at Face City. But I had to be so embarrassed to the point that I said I'd do whatever it takes to do it. We have nothing, or we have to see what we are doing is not what God wants us to be. There is nothing worse living a sinful lifestyle over and over again. We cannot worry what people think about us. We got to get that out of our head. We need to admit that we're falling short and that we have a problem in our life. If you would turn over to Romans chapter seven, and we're going to go to Romans chapter seven, verse eighteen. Paul, right here. Most of y'all will probably know this, but or know these verses, but this one always gave me a lot of hope. I'm like, well, this is Paul writing this, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. So Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, or the, for the good that I would, I do not but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwell, dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against, me, or warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captive, captivity of the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, but with the flesh the law of sin. You know, Paul, he writes most of the New Testament. He's talking about there's good things I want to do, I don't do them. There's bad things that I don't want to do, and I do them. Have y'all ever been there? I've been there plenty of times saying, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do it. Then I do it, I'm going, There's something wrong with me. I'm a broken dude. What's going on? See, and Paul was thinking the same thing. The good thing about Paul was he saw a solution to it that I didn't see for a long time. But he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, or our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the salt, law of sin. He's saying, I know I'm this guy, but I have a problem. I have a sinning problem, 
but through Jesus Christ I am saved. So Paul here is saying, I got a problem, but he talks about the solution, which is Jesus Christ. We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, next thing we got to do after we're honest with ourselves and we say we have a problem, we have to start, we got to start changing our behavior. That might be one of the toughest things. You got to start changing the people, places, and things. You got to get away from that old crowd that you're running with. You got to start putting new things in. You know, uh, for me, I had to get back into the Word of God. I've been messing up for so long. I got down on myself. Shame and guilt was killing me that I had to see what Jesus Christ did for me and why he died on the cross for me. And that's one thing that really got me to start thinking differently. In Romans 12, 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewed of your mind, that ye may prove is that or what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, I really didn't think that that much. When it said renewing of your mind, I had to get a different way of thinking. When you change, you have to put off that old man. you got to start thinking differently. You know, drinking, it's a pretty acceptable deal. I mean, a bunch of people, they go on the weekends, they cut loose. That's what they do. But for us as Christians, or for me, I know that I cannot do that. I can't go out one time, and i got to know that it would be a horrible decision for me to make. i got to renew my mind. I can't think like this world would. You know, how do you change the way you think and renew it in Christ? Well, our answer is going to be in Colossians chapter 3, if you want to turn there. And we're going to start in verse 1. Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So this is pretty much saying what he was saying in uh, Romans 12, 2, that we need to renew our mind and focus on things of God. Uh, verse 3, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil compunction. I don't know how to say that word, and we're going to move on, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For these things take the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In thee which ye also walked some, some time when ye lived in them. So here he's talking to the Colossians church. He's saying, y'all lived in this way. They weren't just messing up every once in a while. They lived in the fornication, uncleanliness, idolatry. But now, in verse 8, but now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. So he's saying, y'all used to live in a certain way. Y'all overcome that. Now let's keep working. So that tells me when we start to change one thing, it's kind of like Paul, what we were reading. He says, this good stuff I want to do, I don't do it. I mean, he's already been transformed by Christ on the road to Damascus. He's still messing up. So once we conquer something, it don't mean like, well, I got it now. I don't have to keep working. We got to keep working at it. We got to keep uh, learning more. Once we get out of a sinful lifestyle, we got to keep trying to break that sin cycle. And it might, it might just be anger or something like that. Verse 9, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. I think this is the key, one of the keys to changing, or it was for me. You know, I would try to change, but I wouldn't change nothing. I would just try to quit doing sinful things, but I just wanted to go to work, do my thing. I'd go to church, and I wanted to go to church, go to work, go home, and that's what I wanted to do. But if you take something out, you've got to put something back in. Uh, if you're going on a diet, you 
take out fast food, you put in good food, exercising, you quit being a couch potato and you start walking and exercising. We're talking about fasting. You take the food out and you put in with prayer. And that's the same thing we got to do. Once we take something out, once we start changing something in our life, we got to fill it with something better. And that's what we, or we can fill it with, uh, for what worked for me was filling it with Jesus Christ and building that relationship with Jesus Christ. It took me a long time to understand that, building that relationship. But once I started learning what he did, and he died for me, he died for you on that cross to cover our sins, no matter what we did. I mean, that's a great thing. That makes you want to keep learning more about him and growing that relationship. You know, the biggest thing I get out of what we've kind of talked about, you've got to change your way of thinking. That's a, that's a big one. Um, you'll hear negative thinking, you'll start getting negative results. So when we start changing, what are we trying to be like? What is our mark set on? In Hebrews 12:2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul is telling us, well, they're talking about the race of life here. So whenever you're racing, I remember cutting hay, and we'd try to cut a field in half. I'd have a tree. That was my mark. And sometimes it wasn't very straight. It'd be kind of wavy and things like that. But that was my mark. And that's the same thing that with our life. We've always got to have our mark for Jesus Christ. We want to walk like him. We want to be like him. And we're going to vary. We're not always going to be right on that mark. But we always want to be focused on that. Philippians 3.14, it says uh, pretty much the same thing. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He should be what we always set out to be. When we're looking at changing something, we need to try to be just like him and uh, build our foundation on Christ. One thing, when it comes to whenever you start changing your behavior, the biggest roadblock that you're probably going to have is forgiving yourself. Brent talked about that this morning, about forgiving and that's one thing that will keep us down is the guilt and shame that we might uh, endure over uh, once we start changing our ways, remembering the, the person we used to be or some of the people we hurt. And I know that was a big thing for me. Um, I'd start kind of doing good, and, man, I'd start thinking about everything I did, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're insane, man. And I'd feel horrible about it. it just keep me down. And uh, I remember God told me one time, he was like, you know, Jesus, he died on the cross for you. And he forgets that. And then we studied this, uh, Hebrews 8, 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Three points to this is God forgives us. He's, first point, he's never going to bring it up to us again. How awesome would that be if we could be that way? You know, you kind of get mad at someone. You're like, well, I remember what you did the other day, so don't you get all high and mighty on me. God, he forgets what we do. He ain't going to bring it up again. He ain't going to bring it up to others. So if someone tells us something, we don't need to be telling everyone, God ain't going to do that. We need to try to be more like God. And he don't bring it up to himself. I think that's the hardest uh, part is forgiving ourselves. But you need to remember that um, Jesus died on the cross. His blood washed away our sins. You know, it says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He can take away all our burdens. You know, I didn't know what that meant, that he could take away those burdens, but we have to give it to him. That's why he died on the cross for us, because he can handle that. We can't. A guy told me, that same guy told me, do you not think Jesus' blood is strong enough to cover your sins? I was like, whoa. I was like, no, I believe that. He's like, then you need to forgive yourself. Move on. That's why he died on the cross for you. 
I was like, that's good stuff. Okay. Then I really started trying to work on it, but it just didn't happen that fast for me. But that's what we need to do. And we don't need to let our sin beat us twice. We might have messed up. We made mistakes. Don't let it just keep carrying you down and keep remembering and keep beating yourself up over it. It's time to get over it, move on, and let Jesus carry it because we can't do it. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The old guy's gone. The new guy's here. So we need to let him go, forget about him, and focus on being a better person. You know, um, next, I think that we need to do, we need to have accountability. Accountability is huge. It, is, it has helped me tremendously. You need people who aren't afraid to be honest with you or tell you if you're falling short. Uh, a goofy example, me and Alexis were eating dinner the other night at a Canyon at a place called Feldman's and uh, Steak Fingers to die for. They're amazing. And I was eating, I was getting after it, and all of a sudden I feel her hand come underneath my chin. And I was like, what are you doing? And she goes, well, you're chewing with your mouth open. That's improper. She was very honest about that. She didn't care if it hurt my feelings or not. She was going to be honest with me and tell me that I need to close my mouth while eating. And that's the same thing we need in our Christian walk, too. We need people who are going to be honest with us and say, hey, I see you're doing some things that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, when I was back at Gunner, Alan could probably tell you this. People start telling me, man, I think you're going back down a bad way. You missed Sunday afternoon. Church, you missed Wednesday night. You ain't coming around as much. And in my head, I go, you're crazy. I'm doing great. Two weeks later, I was off to the races again. You know, that's the thing about accountability. We might have them set up, but you've got to be able to listen to them and actually take for or take their advice and see what they're trying to tell you. You need people that love you enough that they won't get mad or defensive, or they don't care if you get mad or defensive, but they're going to do whatever they can to help you out. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, if I have a drinking problem, I need to tell people I got a drinking problem. That's what I got to do. If you got an anger problem, you need to tell people that. If you got a lying problem, you need to tell people that. There's, we need to confess our sins to one another. And you know, the problem is I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell people what I'm going through. I want to look all good on the outside. I ain't going to tell them what's really going on with me. But if you look at it as Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9, it says, my, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know why, why God asks us to do that? He knows what he's doing. His thoughts are way better than our thoughts. We, we might think we have a solution to our problem, but we don't. Only God has that real solution. That's why he tells us to confess our sins to one another. I need people who are going to help me out, people who are going to tell me if I'm falling back down, because I don't want to go all the way back down ever again. If I, if I trip up, I want someone to tell me right away, and let's fix it. Let's not get all the way back down to rock bottom. You know, one thing you start to do when you start to do these things, you start to reap what God has promised you. You know, Galatians 5, 20 through, 22 through 23, I think Britt talked about this last Sunday, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. You know, that's one thing I've learned. There was things that I thought I needed in my life to bring me true joy, True peace, and I found out I don't have any of those things that I thought were really important to me. 
But what I got is the love of Christ and the love of people around me. You know, I don't have the best job in the world. I used to think that would give you, man, that's going to give you a lot of peace right there, making good money. It never brings you peace. The fruit of the Spirit are things that only that God can give you, to have that true peace, the true long-suffering where you can face any situation. You know, the thing is that if there is a change that needs to be done in your life, you need to do it today. We don't need to mess around. I like to call it rip the Band-Aid off and let's start blowing and going. Let's just get after the, the root of the problem. James 4.14, it says, Whereas you know, you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. You know, we don't know if we're going to get tomorrow. We have no idea. I mean, I really do. I praise God every day that I have this chance, that I had a chance to change. He didn't have to give me that. I mean, I could have been long gone a while back, and I don't know what would have happened. That's a kind of a scary thought to me. So, like, I'm very happy that he's given me this opportunity to go to the Faith City Mission to make these changes in my life no matter how bad I didn't want to. Maybe there's a change that needs to be in your life. Maybe you haven't been baptized. Today would be the best day to do that. Start your journey with Jesus Christ and let his blood wash away your sins. Or maybe you are part of the church and maybe there is a change that you need to make and you're just thinking, well, it's not that bad. Well, it can get that bad. I used to think that too. But today, you can rip the Band-Aid off. You can say, I need help, and we can start down that journey of change. If there's anything anyone needs, please come as we stand and sing the invitation song. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.